McKnighton Industries. Excellent. I'd like to check in to see what's going on with guys out in the field, guys back in the office, people who are working the day-to-day grind out there. And first of all, Knighton Industries, what it is that you guys do, how you contribute to the oil and gas world? Well, we're, a, we're really an oil and gas pump distributor in the state of Texas. We've got about 10 stores in the state of Texas. We've got one in Oklahoma City and one in New Mexico. And so out of 12 stores, we're just a distributor that just distributes probably motors, pumps for different manufacturers so in those areas. Uh, one of the reasons why we like to have people like yourself on not only is to let people know what it is you do out in the oil patch, but also people like to know it's kind of a sign of the times a little bit. There are certain areas, you know, that if you start to see an uptick or a downtick or steady eddy type thing, it's a good indication of what could come or where you should be at as well. Uh, for example, I, earlier today I talked to some temporary housing. You know, they used to be called man camps, and then they were called crew camps, and then they were called remote housing, I think. or I don't know. They got four or five different PC words these days. And uh, see, man camps, uh, I couldn't call you couldn't call that anymore. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so me, me trying to be a journalist still, I got to try to at least be somewhat impeccable with my words when it comes to that. But, you know, when you take a look Politically at those, correct. yeah, when you take a look at those camps, so that's a good indicator. You know, usually the camp, those, those are the types of uh, people that are the first ones to turn the lights on in the town and the last ones that turn the lights out when they leave. So generally those are, you know, a good indicator. Where, where do you fall in the pumps? You know, like, like you're, you're right out there on the well site, aren't you, primarily? Well, oh, we are. I mean, we, we strategically, you know, we placed ourselves in the service field. We thought yep. that even if the project base or, or the buying base starts going down, at least we have service to fall back on. And we have. We've used that this year to get skinny with. And, and we've just concentrated on nothing but service, and that's field service. We with where we have uh, mechanics going to each location and changing mechanical seals or bearings or PM in a pump or you know doing whatever repairs necessary. That's what we've lived on probably the, this whole year since February. Is it service work? A lot is that? Would that be called like a remodel or a, a, a revamp? A manufacturer, yeah, revamp. Okay. I mean, a lot of people are doing different things. I mean, some of them are slight remanufacture some of them just repairs out in the field some of them you do have to bring in an overhaul and uh you know some companies have used this time to go through a lot of equipment some people have gotten skinny like us and just repaired what they had to uh you just got to find the people that are that are wanting to work on their equipment you know sometimes that equipment can get pretty specific and you know when when the wells change they change but i do, do your pumps i mean do they seem pretty universal or do they got to be specific to a certain you know custom to a certain well or can you know can they just tweak it a little bit and bring it from one to another or how's that work no it's it's all size pretty specific i mean depending on your friction loss and how long your uh, how far you're pumping and how how long your pipe is uh, this is all pretty specific in size per uh, situation. So you really can't, uh, unless you've got a very similar situation with a similar run, length of run on your piping and same size piping and stuff like that, that you may can switch pumps, but not, not typically, no. So when you talk about service, what is it you're servicing exactly? Is it just, are you, are you refitting, retooling? Just kind of talk to me a little bit about that since you guys are staying so busy with that. Uh, 
a little bit of both. I mean, there's there's people that have problems. I mean, you, you might have a mechanical seal go out on a centrifugal pump. You may have packing go out on a plunger pump. We typically work on plunger pumps, gear pumps, and centrifugal pumps out in the field. And then you've got a whole other uh, facet of that with chemical injection. I mean, there's just a ton of pumps out in the field that need service. And so when, when we get down to the nitty-gritty, and that's all we have, you know, we try to service anything that we can get parts for. And so we have inside service and we have field service. And so there's a lot of jobs that get taken care of in the field. And there's a lot of guys that'll set a, pull a pump out in the field and, and let one of our salesmen pick it up and bring it in for an overhaul. So kind of, we got, we try to catch it coming and going. Yeah. I was going to say, so you guys do both out in the field and in the shop type work. Then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we also have fabrication services, which right now this year, they're just having anything to fabricate. People put the project down, project the spending down first, and so we really have been slow in the fabrication department. Uh, uh, but we are looking forward to after November. Uh, we've got a lot of customers telling us that uh, to come back and see them the day after the election. What Literally. type of stuff are you fabricating? Go ahead and give yourself a plug because people are going into meetings right now preparing for 2021, and if you guys do some manufacture. I mean, every time I hear the word, you know, manufacturing, I always, th I always think of skids and that type of thing. Well, we so, do. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. the state of Texas, we're a, we're a Weatherford plunger pump distributor, which we do a lot of plunger pump steel. We uh, we fabricate uh, H-pump skids, and we do a lot of servicing and, and fabrication of H-pumps right now. That's a big, big seller. And then we're also the Goulds distributor in the state of Texas, and so we've, we've always got Goulds going on. Uh We've got some great lines, and uh, we've been very lucky and, and very blessed to be able to keep that up for the last few years. A, a lot of growth from 2009 to now. Uh, this this past year has this 2020 has been very tough for us, but like I said, we're most of our guys have been in this business for a long time, and so we know what happens on a slowdown, and we just got to get still and be patient for a little bit. I got my notes from last time we talked about asking you about your vapor recovery units, and I don't think I did last time, but I don't know if you know much about it or if that's your specialty area, but I did make a note because vapor recovery is a big uh, push by so many companies going into 2021. I just got three more ESG reports sent to me from different oil companies and vapor recovery and emission management and Pretty much any, any sort of green word that you can figure out, some buzzword is put into these reports these days. So uh, are you guys still doing the vapor recovery things? Is that kind of on hiatus? Or? Yeah, we are. We, we do that in our Odessa store, uh, in our Odessa fabrication facility. We do have a, uh, a guy, uh, Steve Evans, is a, came, came to us from another company, and he's an expert in the VRUs. It's not my strong point, but... I can talk about the fact that, that we've been up and down hearing that everybody's going to want VRUs, that the regulations are pointing towards it. Uh, we haven't seen that enforcement here in Texas uh, that much. Um, so right now, most of our stuff is a custom fit. We don't we don't turn out the cookie cutter, the you know hundreds at a time. We're more of a problem solving situation, or for guys that'll call us and say they've got an issue and they need this. Uh, taken care of and we'll go ahead and, and design a unit for them uh, at that time so we're not into the cookie cutter 
rental, you know, low budget type of stuff. We're more into the uh, custom units that people are having problems with, and we can go out and design something to solve their problem. And how many different locations are you guys in again? I think you said a dozen or so. Yeah, we do have a dozen locations. I think 10 in Texas. Uh, we've got one in Artesian, New Mexico, and one in Oklahoma City. So we, we actually put a hiatus on growth this past year trying to stop some of that. We did have some layoffs and some, you know, trying to methodology, trying to get skinny or get as lean as we can through this, through this uh, slow time. And I think we did a pretty good job of it this time. It's been tough, um, but we do see a lot at the end of the tunnel for sure. Did you guys, you guys didn't have to shut down any uh, physical offices or brick and mortars? No, we, we actually no, he says with, not much we, authority we, behind that. We did talk about it and we threw it around, but we, you know, our guys got tough and hung in there. We cut costs at every location and, and made it work. And uh, so, like I said, we're, we're hearing a lot of customers being very, very optimistic about, you know, early November. Well, there's a lot of there, there. There is a lot happening, and a lot of people. Obviously, they got hit by by the corona and, and the slowdown and the shutdown and all these different things. But at the end of the day, in in a, you know election, this election does have a bit to do with it. But it has, doesn't have as much to do with who wins. It has to do with the election being over, so people can stop focusing on that. Because at the end of the day, ninety six percent of what we use on a day-to-day basis needs petroleum products. So yes. that lifestyle is not going to shift anytime in the near future. Now, in my lifetime, we very well could see a transition down to maybe a 70, 75, 80% shift. But they just, I mean, until you figure out a new way for hypodermic needles and PVC pipe and plastics coming over my kids lunchables and all these different things i don't yep. foresee a lot of the the uh, uh uh oil and gas industry going away anytime soon there's going to be some changes and some shifts and really some automations might happen and that's where we might see some of the biggest changes are you guys automating much yet at this point or is is, is that happening what where where are you guys at with that whole integration because that that's a tough tough one because you don't want to bring it in too fast but at the same time it can save you money in other areas in order to hang on to some jobs and some other things well i mean automation almost every one of our units now goes out with a vfd a variable frequency drive okay it's it's just almost a uh, given on every unit where you know 10 years ago they were on zero units and so yes uh, people are automating their systems and automating their their uh, call outs i mean almost everything is automated anymore we provide a vfd along with every one of our units but that that goes into their guys uh, these guys their the end user would have somebody come in and automate everything mm-hmm. but yes we do provide vfds almost on every plunger pump unit every centrifugal unit now uh is almost guaranteed to be driven off a of VFD. Yeah, isn't that crazy? How just things are are advancing so like almost on every single area of sure of the well from the minute you step in your car to when the when the drill bit goes into the ground. It's just it's crazy how much is being tracked and automated and 
you know, there's a lot of it for safety reasons. A lot of it's for logistical reasons as well. But um, it's just it's happening. Well, and energy cost. I mean, oh, the, yeah. you know, these guys, these things are smart. They'll they'll slow the pump down or speed the pump up or do what it takes in certain situations where that pump would used to be just running 3,600 RPMs full speed, no no matter what. And so, uh, you know. Are you guys are you guys hearing anything from any of your stores? Uh, we had an update from uh, the Permian Boots on the Ground earlier. Of course, they've got over a hundred rigs going down there. There, so everybody seems to be either busy or have some things in the hopper, so to speak. You mentioned you're you are personally located right in the Eagleford there, whereas I'm in the Bakken, and uh, you know yes. we've got all, all kinds of different plays going on. Of course, we got the golf down there hit with the hurricane, so. You know the 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 word lineman has a whole new meaning in New Orleans. It's not the it's not the Saints lineman. It's the guys putting the power poles back up right now. Those are the heroes. <laughs> well, so, and we've even we've even had to run over there for some customers in Louisiana and pick some pumps up before they got swallowed up in water. I figured as much. Last storm, so we had we did have some people, some service guys in Louisiana picking up pumps and getting them up off the ground before and motors before they got flooded. How about the Eagleford and, uh, there? Are, are you seeing much action there in the Eagleford in terms of your buddies and, you know, their gas stations or, guy, you know, guys picking up five Monster Energy drinks on the way to work and things? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Um, like I said, uh, it's been thin. We've, we've concentrated on, on, on service jobs on a weekly basis for the last uh, nine months, pretty much. And uh, we're starting to see some people come out of it. And so, yeah, it's, it's getting active everywhere. We're starting to hear some really good things. I mean, of course, there's not I mean, not everybody's opened up yet. Uh, we are starting to see people open up again and let people in. We've had a lot of people that wouldn't even see us, wouldn't even see our sales guys. And so uh, it's been a tough transition for a lot of guys. Um, you know, just not knowing – not being able to go out and see customers right now, it's got to mess with salesmen's head because they feel like they're not doing their job. They're not doing what they used to do. They're not doing doing it the way they've always done it. And so, of course, the Zoom meetings have picked up. And, you know, whether that's a uh, – it's going to be a success or not, I don't know. But I, uh, I don't – I don't see – like a face-to-face visit. I don't see Zoom meetings working outside of inner office. Uh, right. You know, if if – if people are going to do the Zoom meetings for like a sales call, it's a forced event. And you know yep. as well as I do, they'd rather be sitting down, even at a Denny's or a Perkins, sitting there having a cup of coffee and some pancakes talking business. Well, and we're doing a lot of that right now because a lot of companies will not let their employees see another employee or see one of our employees. And so they'll meet at lunch or meet at breakfast. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of that right now. Well, and that's how it's got to be done. I, I met a guy at the dog park in Oklahoma. You know, I mean, wow. if that's what it took, that's what it took because, hey, you know, we both got to go to the dog park to let our dogs run around, and it happened to work out when I was in town, and so that's what we did. But you're right. I mean, I people are having to be creative, but the Zoom things, um, just when I watch people on social media, they're, they're really um, – compensating for not enjoying it <laughs> let's just put it that oh, way absolutely absolutely <laughs> but i have and i have seen a lot of business picking up on linkedin uh you know i i don't think i've ever gotten approached as much as i have in 2020 about doing business um on linkedin even our even people that want to do business with Knighton and uh not about pumps i mean you know, insurance uh, freight all the stuff on the backside. Uh, 
has been just almost overwhelming through LinkedIn right now. My personal LinkedIn has about 27,000 followers, and I'll bet you I get between two and five solicitations a day from a financial planner, from um, you know somebody telling me how to make money on my podcast, which I've been in business now for ten years doing, which I think is very funny. Somebody telling so somebody telling me how to make money on on doing a podcast. Yeah, buddy, it's yeah. called change your business model every six months. Good luck. Okay, <laughs> and then well, I mean, one year honestly, I made more money as a writer than I did doing my radio shows and podcasts because that's just the way the market was. And sure. and. At the end of the day, if you're a podcaster, you got to be a writer and a content creator and do a bunch of other things. Like you, just no different than your business. You this year, you've you. It's been feast or famine, and you guys have been feasting on service while the pumps have been famine. And and that's just the way it goes sometimes in business. You got to diversify. Well, yourself. let's call it let's call it surviving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that feast or famine survival. There's know. been no feasting. <laughs> I hear I was trying to take out the word famine, and you're taking out the word feast. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you're right would, though. It has been a, a year of survival for most people. Yeah, and I think that would be considered successful if you survived. Oh, that is success without a doubt. I mean, sure. could you could you imagine if you're in the restaurant business right now and you still got your doors open? You should get. And you should get a medal of honor for trying to figure out how to make business work. I mean, you're first of all, if you're a restaurant and now the government considers you the same as Subway, oh, if the government cons- considers, you know, Joe's Diner down at the corner the same as Ruth Chris, that's that ain't fair. I mean, right. the Joe's Diner isn't getting the distribution discounts that a franchise is getting. So, I mean, if you're a restaurant and you're still in business, man, that's good for you. That's... I, I, I applaud you more than anything. Um, if you're in the oil and gas business and you're still open for business, good for you. Because this business got very unusual over the last six to eight months from... Uh, oh, it seems like forever ago that it was negative $34 a barrel. Well, I was going to say, not only did we, we went from negative money to, not, you know, we had inner fighting about whether we should get bailouts or not. And then, you know, half the industry got bailouts and the other half didn't. And then you got this whole... Uh, environmental movement that's making bankers afraid to give out investment dollars. It's just a different time right now. And I think 2021, our motto is strength in numbers because I think going into 2021, enough people with the right mindset creating the new narrative for oil and gas, it'll work. It'll work just fine. And, you know, and I think um, what we're doing moving ahead is, is the right direction to go with, 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 um, the innovation with some companies being a little bit more lean. I think that was probably in some areas a good thing. Uh, like most, it's just the marketplace kind of correcting itself. I kind of fell off the rail about five minutes ago, so I thought I could save myself, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, technology de- definitely helps us work leaner too. So, and we're trying to embrace that. You know, Knighton's been around since 69. We've been a family run business since 69. And, and we still are, uh, you know, stubborn as far as 
embracing the new technology and stuff, but but we've tried. We really have sat down this year and tried to embrace all the new technology that'll help us work more efficiently and and trim numbers. You know, we've got to get lean and mean for the future, and that's that's where we're at right now. So. You know, we are talking about rehiring, and we're starting to get set for for possibly rehiring. And uh, you know, we want to do it the smart way this time, and not not just grab people at the last minute because you need somebody. Well, let's talk about if if it was hundred dollar oil tomorrow, what would people be buying and utilizing the services from Night and Industry? Let's talk about it. You know, no, no survival, no feast or famine. What is it you guys do, and how can people give you some business? Well, we build iron, you know, we pump fluids and uh, we pump any fluids and it doesn't matter. We've diversified a lot this year and tried to. We're in the semiconductor business. Um, we're, we're in the food grade business now. We've done some of that, the food and beverage uh, industries in the in the cities in Texas. But uh, we still get back down to plunger pumps for disposals and transferring high pressure. Uh, we've got Gould's pumps. Uh one of the biggest centrifugal lines in the world. Uh, we've got AOD pumps, air-operated diaphragm pumps. So we we typically cover the broad range of pumps and, and uh, fabrication services, engineering services, design capabilities. I mean, we've got it from start to finish. If you need a pump, we can we can uh, design it, build it, deliver it, and get it started for you. 